What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 290 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. On this episode, Tony and Will get together via Zoom. I guess they use Zoom. I wasn't on the call, so I'm pretty sure they used Zoom uh, to discuss what went down on Georgia's 43-6 victory over the Tigers yesterday, the Mark Rick celebration at halftime, which I thought was fantastically done by the University of Georgia. A little bit of Braves flavor, which I thought was excellent, with Jock Peterson showing up, and as well as Blooper the mascot. Um, and then, yeah, before we begin, this episode is brought to you by our podcast sponsor, El Barrio, The Pine Bar, and The Root. If you're in Five Points, uh, today is actually a really good day. Uh, beautiful day. Go enjoy some tacos at El Barrio or, you know, during this week, if you have date night plan, The Pine Bar is a great place to go. And if you're looking for some whiskey and a nice uh, bar with golden tea, uh, head on down to The Root. They're all located in beautiful Five Points in Athens, Georgia. And yeah, let's go ahead and hear what Tony and Will have to say. Hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to our Waiting Since Last Saturday post-game show. Post-game of the Missouri game, where they won by a lot to a little. I feel like we can probably just uh, insert the name. Uh, we can probably pre-tape all these intros. I can just say, <laughs> Georgia won by a lot. They uh, had a lot of points. The other team had a little. And we'll just like splice in the team. Missouri. Charleston Southern and just splice in the team in there. Uh, it, it's funny. I thought it was interesting um, here with Tony, of course, uh, after the game, I thought it was kind of interesting how uh, they seem to uh, not be as excited about their performance uh, and seem to kind of kind of downgrade a little bit. What did you think of how they played? Did you think that they were overstating that just to make sure they don't get too bored? Uh, what did you think of the, uh, the game? In the uh, We'll get to the atmosphere again. What did you think of the game itself? Um, I, well, first of all, I think the game went exactly like you would hope it went. Uh, it, it doesn't appear anyone got hurt. JT Daniels came in. Uh, the band did a nice script of Rick, and um, they kept Missouri out of the end zone. Uh, and I think, you know, when you, when you sit down and look at this game, they had Missouri had plays. I, I think probably what anybody is upset about if, if you're Georgia in the second half, they had. Missouri had consecutive drives of more than 13 or 11, I guess 11 plays that last drive, but consecutive drives where uh, they made, they, they attempted points. And, you know, if you were to want to point to something to be upset about, um, I of course would say that you would point at the prior eight or nine drives where they netted in the neighborhood of a hundred and um, 115 yards, <laughs> but you know, whatever it's, it's, it's I, I think we are getting to the point uh, where, you know, Kirby's coaching through the press conference. I, you, you just, you just have to because it was a game that was not. Yeah, Missouri scored first, but that was it. It's like yeah. whatever, fun, good, good for you. Unless you want to pat him on the head. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 let's be clear, Missouri was outmatched from the from the get go. Um, I felt like Georgia played their defense was super vanilla, which is all they had to do. Frankly, I think offensively we were, we were kind of vanilla as well and um again that's perfectly fine when you you're talking about winning a football game uh was a 43 to 6 so i'm fine with that yeah i thought it was interesting the way that kind of missouri decided to kind of i guess try to oppose the georgia offense was essentially to like make them throw it and and ordinarily when that happens you're like awesome okay here comes the fireworks right here comes uh and it really even that was like 
Yeah, it was a vanilla throw heavy game, <laughs> which was kind of a weird way to put it, which I think leads into the obvious question. You know, I, one of the real positives I thought from this game was I thought the receivers looked as good as they have looked all year. Um, but one of the reasons they looked good is I didn't actually think a lot of uh, one, that one pass touchdown pass have been, I thought was really good, but there were some off passes. I thought where, where the, the completions happened because the receivers went back and got it and kind of fought for it. Now that's good. That's what you want your receivers to do, particularly when you still have uh pickings out and uh, it's still not quite as hundred percent. If, if, even if you are a little bit closer, but I, I have to say all told, I, you know, we, I, I kind of feel like it's okay to start talking about the quarterback stuff because now Daniels is playing again. And, uh, and I didn't really feel like Bennett made a couple of good plays, but I, I, I can't say, I feel like his numbers looked good more because of the receivers necessarily yeah. than him being great. Oh, I'd have to agree with that. I, I took, I took a little flack. Uh, Cause I tweeted something about, uh, remember when, when Stetson can't throw the deep ball. And my point in saying that is like, Todd Munkin still feels like he can throw it. Uh, now, it, Burton absolutely went and saved him on that. Well, I wouldn't saved him. I, Burton made a good play on the ball, and the ball was thrown to Burton. It should have been thrown about three yards further than it was. And Burton catches the ball probably on, in stride, and uh, it's a touchdown. So I, I, I felt like there was only really one other pass that was really poorly thrown. There were a couple decisions though that were okay, what do you I don't understand what you're what you're seeing there. Um the good news is when you talk about getting um Burton back and AD Mitchell continuing to step up and you know we had a Brock Bowers outing Lad McConkey got a touchdown. Um you know I, I think you I, I think we are starting to see the benefits of I mean you know Rosemary Jack Saint had a couple of catches. We're seeing the benefits of that receiving core coming around and I think anybody who pays attention to anything will tell you, no matter how good or bad your quarterback is, if you have if you have a stable of good receivers, they can make uh, an average quarterback, which is what I think Stetson is, look really good. Yeah, and I think it begs the question. I thought Daniels, excuse me, I thought Daniels looked fine. Like you know, I, I, the interception was kind of his fault, but also in a lot of other situations, just falls incomplete. We never think about that pass again. <laughs> like, yeah. I think, I think that it looks bad when it's interception. It wasn't like a perfect pass. He also hasn't played since Vanderbilt. So, you know, <laughs> at a certain level, you can expect him to look all rusty, but I, I, it does sort of feel with the way things are shaping up that, uh, I don't know. It kind of, uh, if I feel like Bennett's going to start against Tennessee and Bennett's going to start against Charleston Southland, and he's probably going to start against Georgia tech, which means he's probably going to start in the SC championship game and the playoff. And I, I've noticed that we can talk about this in a longer show this week. I'm, I'll talk again about why I missed the last one. I'm sorry. Um, but I do think that, uh, I, I've seen this increasing narrative of, well, that's okay. Cause like now, uh, uh what Kirby's doing is he's setting up to where he's got like a Jalen hurts or a Tua in his pocket or so on, which feels like maybe extending the Alabama metaphor, a stretch too far. Like I know that that's the goal, but like, you know, I, I it feels like a weird way to look at it. Uh, and, and it feels like, okay, if something goes horribly wrong, we still have another quarterback, which is true, but you'd also like to avoid things going horribly wrong. <laughs> and so, yeah, you know, right. I, uh, and I, I find, I find that kind of, I'm hearing that a lot now that like, that's okay. It's cool. They've got two quarterbacks because if something goes wrong, they've got the second guy, which I guess, but let's not act that like. Saban was coming from a position of strength uh, in those spots. And if it gets to the point where Georgia has to do that, it's going to be a nightmare. So it's a weird thing to kind of toss that out. I think. Yeah, I think that's right. And the, the thing about it is that I, I and we'll, we'll talk on the, on the big show about who's going to start this week and who's going to play when I think it is, 
it is easy as fans for us to say, well, it's just Missouri, just throw JT out there. Well, I mean, there are a lot of good reasons why you don't do that, especially without the game, without the gameplay of that film. Like he he has he's mastered the offense to where they are, because keep in mind, he has not the, the offense is more um it's more, it's more robust. The playbook is wider open than it was the last time he played. And letting him get in and get some game reps. And you know, look, we didn't take any deep shots with JT, which is fine. Although I would have really liked to see them try a nine-nine-yard pass play, just so Kirby could go meet Eli a half half thing. Say, don't pull that on me again. Uh, but you know, whatever. It's it, their job to stop him. They did, and you know, our job is to 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 go out and, and and play football and win a game, which they did. The one last thing I will say about the quarterback situation is that I continue to trust Kirby and Monken. They know what they're doing, mm-hmm. and it is um, it's interesting fodder. Uh, it's something for Danny Cannell and Dan Walken to talk about and and tish, tish, uh, Kirby about. But the reality is, like, it doesn't really matter what what Smart does here unless unless one of them plays lights out the rest of the season because it doesn't matter who he puts in. That guy better go out and play winning <laughs> football because it, the narrative well, is yeah, going to be. But, but it's his job to pick the right guy that's going to go out and win, pick winning football, right? And, sure. It, and sure. I, and I, it, it, it is and he has reasonable. Been, right? it, he has been. But I mean, do you think if he'd pick the, uh, but he has been because Daniels has been hurt, right? Like, no, I, don't, I, I don't think anybody thinks Daniels, if he was starting those games, they would have lost. Right. <laughs> like, no, I also don't think this, there's some sort of um, four dimensional chess that, that Kirby is out there right, playing right. mind games with other coaches. I, I think up until Jeff Munkin and it is Jeff Munkin, right? There's a Todd, whichever <laughs> one it is. I can never remember which one Munkin is smart. It, it, it's, it's, I swear it's not a bit guys. Uh, <laughs> it is kind of funny how bad it's you so are. Funny, yeah. like, it's yeah. like I have a block. Uh, until Munkin and Smart feel like JT Daniels is the right quarterback to start for Georgia, Stetson will start. Okay. And I, that doesn't mean I'm saying Stetson is a better quarterback than JT Daniels. That is not an objective fact, but it is an objective fact that the guys that are a lot smarter than me, that know a lot more about football than me, they're getting paid a lot of money in who's career could be made on the season going the way it's going right now and who will face a ton of criticism if things go sideways because of the decision they make. I think Stetson Bennett is the right cornerback to start. And that's, listen, I hear what you're saying, Will. I really agree with you when I say that, um, that, you know, at some point, I think we'll be in a situation where whoever the quarterback is will need to lead Georgia down to score points with a game in the balance. Um, I, and, and until the coaches fly JT Daniels, the one to start the football game. I just don't think he's going to start. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And uh, we'll see. We'll find out. But listen, it's going to keep being a question because this is what happens when your team doesn't have a clear starting obvious quarterback. And it's also what happens when, frankly, you're measuring. Listen, why did Daniels get the big cheers when he came in yesterday? And he did. There were big cheers when he came in. I don't think oh, yeah. there was anything against Bennett. I don't think we're like, oh, finally. We got, I think they were happy for Daniels. But I, I, I don't know about you, but like it still feels anecdotally when I talk to people. The quarterback stuff keeps coming up. And why is it keep coming up? Not because Bennett has played bad and not because they think Kirby Smart and and uh, uh, Todd Munkin uh, are uh, are somehow idiots and they know better than them. Everyone remembers the sets in Alabama game. That's just all there is to it. <laughs> that's all, like, that's what it is. Like the whole idea is this season is going to go through Alabama, though it almost didn't <laughs> when we saw what happened on Saturday night. But like until like that game is still very, very fresh in people's minds. And the whole notion, the reason that people were so excited about Georgia coming into this year was they had a quarterback that was going to get them over the top. 
We'll see. But like, that's, that's why I think if they'd have played Alabama at the beginning of this year and Stetson would have won that game, even if he hadn't played well, I think it would be fine. But I just think that like, it's clearly obviously in every possible way win national championship or bust this year. So better make sure you got the right guy. And I think there's still question about that though. I don't think that, I don't think they've done anything wrong uh, to stretch the imagination uh, so far. I would say uh, I will uh, uh, getting into the, the uh, outside the game a little bit. I will say uh, I talked to a few people before the game and after the game. It is remarkable. I've talked, you know, we, now that they've clinched the SEC championship game, I've been talking to some people being like, Hey, so are you going to be in Atlanta? You know what? Tickets, I'm, I'll be there. Well, what are the tickets price going to be? And I've actually had multiple people tell me, Oh, we're going to skip the SEC championship game and just save up for the natty. Like, whoo, <laughs> boy, our Georgia yeah, is Georgia. Hold it for world. Yeah, seriously. Uh, that's that is uh uh I hope I hope that is not get classified as hubris uh by the end of the year. I get it, I understand it, but we'll see. Um, okay, uh, the biggest uh non uh game. Do you have anything else you want to add on the game uh it's, itself other than the defense was awesome and Missouri didn't really have much? No, I just think I, I do want to say one thing about the defense and how well they played and um, did you, and then and granted it was a second string defense that was in there at the end of the game, but did you see how excited the coaches were when they stopped them? Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, I mean that, yeah, I, I, on, that, that Missouri hand, was calling timeouts. I think was part of it too. It yeah, like of raised the challenge a little bit. Definitely. Right. Of course. And then you stop them and it, it was, uh, you know, it, look at it this way. Georgia's defense has given up five touchdowns. Georgia's defense and special teams are responsible for, uh, three touchdowns and two safeties. Um, that's um, if no, four touchdowns, right? Yeah. Yes. We have yeah. four touchdowns and two safeties, which means they are netting three points on the season. <laughs> it's, it's really crazy. And guys enjoy this, enjoy this. And it, there's going to come a game where somebody's going to score 24 points on Georgia. That's going to happen. The, the, the offensive, um, despite what happened with Alabama last night uh, or whomever Georgia will play out of the West. Um, uh, it might not be the SEC championship. Somewhere they're going to face a team that has an offense and, and offensive coordinators who have players at their disposal that will be able to score against Georgia, which is frankly why I think Georgia kept it vanilla defensively yesterday yeah. um, and offensively in some ways. So, Okay, so let's talk about the the the, the two more things to make sure to get to. One uh, was the Rick tribute, uh, which I thought was great. I was actually pretty surprised and impressed and pleased, to be honest, that uh, that uh, he was such a big part of the festivities pregame and that he he's the one that uh, he called the dogs. He was on the pregame video. It definitely felt like the Mark Rick day. Uh, he, of course, uh, he, he, uh, he did that video. Uh, he narrated the video where, uh, I thought was, uh, the pregame hot video, which I thought was very, t- both very touching and also seemed to hark back to a time of Georgia football that no longer exists for better or for worse. Uh, but I was very nice to be reminded of that and pretend that we were still that <laughs> I would put it that way. Um, but I do think that, uh, uh, he, he looked great. It looked, uh, you know, I, I know that he's, He's uh, obviously the Parkinson's and I think there's a little bit of slowness there, but he looked great. And it was, I would not say, I still feel like there's a little bit of 
not uh, most of the awkwardness is gone. It still feels like a little, to be honest, um, a little bit, but not nearly as much as it happens when your team is dominating uh, everyone. But we'll see, right? If if Georgia wins national championships, that chip, I think that will definitely put an end to that. But what, what it was great to see him. Uh, I still feel like you know I, I've said this before, but when I moved here, like what Mark Rick represented and what Georgia football represented, uh, it kind of gave me the zealotry of the recently converted, right? Like the like that yeah. really felt like like the, it made it made me feel like there was this sort of family that did things a little bit differently than other people did things. Georgia doesn't do that anymore. I understand why. I'm not even criticizing them for it, but it is different. And I think seeing Rick was both a reminder of that and maybe also kind of a sad reminder of how things kind of can't really be like that anymore. Yeah, I think the one thing I would say about that, and, and as somebody that went through the entire Rick time, I thought it was an appropriate. Uh, I thought it was appropriate. I thought it was nicely done. Um, you could tell Coach Rick was touched by it, uh, which I thought was was awesome. Um, and the last thing I'll say about it, I'm glad it was Josh Brooks and not Greg McGarity. And I don't mean that any, any way about Greg McGarity. Of course, I mean, of course. I mean that to say that it would have just been even weirder than the press conference. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, that, that is the, the, I, I don't know if it would have been weirder than the press conference. <laughs> the press conference was pretty weird, but yeah, it would have been, it would have added to the awkwardness to have the guy that actually fired, particularly because, uh, you know, Josh has been talking all week about how Rick was so essential to him in the first place. Uh, when, when, when he, when he got here, uh, I agree. I think that would have been very, very strange and very odd. Um, and it was nice. It was nice. And, uh, and the Braves were there. I, can I, I, I don't know why I don't know why everyone's so excited about blooper. Can you explain to me why everyone's so like, I know people are excited about the Braves and they're excited about Jock Peterson. Blooper is like three years old. Like, it's just not blooper. like a, I don't know. I can't. Yeah. I, I'm That's confused sad. by the blooper. It's, I, I, I think, I, I, I think it's just, it's a visual symbol of the Braves. I think, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they literally could have a, uh, you yeah. know, a, a foam A out there. Yeah, they couldn't the chief knock a home anymore. So I guess blooper is better in uh, better in that regard. But it was cool to see that uh, we saw. I uh, uh, I saw. I actually saw Jock Peterson go into the stadium. People were very very excited to see him. I think uh, that guy took every picture he could possibly take, which uh, which I was impressed by. A good vibe, just a good vibe. And frankly, uh, considering the, there's only one more home game yet left, and it's Charles Charleston Southern. Uh, it. I'll be out there. It'll be fun to be out there for Charleston Southern. But this kind of felt like I'm assuming there will be a more subdued atmosphere uh, for uh, for Charleston Southern. So it was a good vibe out there. Yeah, I think that's probably right. And um, I, I I was excited to see Jock there too, considering he's now you know free agent and feels like there's at least one of those guys that won't be signed as a free yeah. agent. Uh, and you, you have to figure out you have to figure out exactly how much you're going to pay Freddie first. So. Um, but it was, it was a fun atmosphere. I, th- I felt like the tailgate was fun. It was, it was uh, surprisingly robust, at least for our tailgate, mm-hmm. uh, which is great for me since we're, we won't really be doing a tailgate for Charleston Southern since I'll be out of town. And um, it was a good last game. And I had that feeling I have every year for the last home game, granted, because I will not be at Charleston Southern, you know, I stuck around for a few minutes. I waited for it to empty out. I waited for the, for the Red Coast to play their, their end of game um, routine. So um all in all, it was a beautiful day in Athens, considering it was a cool start. Um, I felt like the crowd was was robust. It did clear out. Um, and the people that cleared out missed a heck of a goal line stand. And that was awesome way to end the ballgame. Uh, other SEC things happened. Uh, I, I it was Guys, really listen. <laughs> it was really late. It was really late. I didn't see uh, how much did Florida win by uh, in their game against Florida? South Carolina. How much Florida, did they end up by? Florida won by negative 23. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> what? what? Yeah, that's not great. 
Yeah. But it's great. I, I mean, it's not great in that like they may fire. <laughs> but that, was, Georgia, that game was that was bad. 40 to 10 going into yeah. the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, yeah, Todd Grantham's getting fired. I need that. I'm surprised they let Todd Grantham get back on the bus uh, to go to the airport. Uh, but he's, you have to think he's getting fired today. Um, look, we, we can debate Dan Mullins' uh, uh, coaching prowess. I think he is a perfectly fine coach. He is perfectly capable of developing one particular type of quarterback and calling plays for one particular type of quarterback. And I think we saw that. Uh, we saw that. We're seeing that in real time this year. But there is no reason South Carolina should be scoring 40 points on them. Zero. And they dominated uh, that game. They absolutely they dominated. dominated. That game was like when I turned it on, it was 10 to 7. Um, and when by the time we got done eating, it was out of hand. And it was just really, really crazy. Um, a couple other things to note, uh, Tennessee poured all the points on Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It could end up being the second team in the East. Um yeah. Which is weird, well, kind of weird to me, but we'll see. Uh, and Alabama struggled with LSU. They should have lost that game. If, if LSU had any, if LSU's offense was just a little bit better, they'd have won that game. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's probably, I mean, we, we had the debate and it's probably worth having the conversation um, on the this week's podcast with, with Scott uh, available about, you know, scenarios, even though it's still a little weird. That game makes it um, makes me feel a little more likely that no matter what happens, um, you know, Georgia makes the playoffs even with a loss to Alabama in the in the SEC championship. Just because if if they're going to do that at LSU, it's really hard to see Georgia getting like losing that game forty two to nothing. Which is it was a really interesting week uh, in in college football. Um, and uh, hey, did I hear that the Illinois beat row the boat? Oh yeah, now that they rode the boat. They made a big show of, of mocking the or here's a bad sign when your team loses and is mocked by the punter, <laughs> Blake Hayes, best punter in America, uh, dropped a dropped a ball inside the two yard line with uh, under two minutes left and pretended to row the boat and then broke the oar over his knee. Mm. <laughs> Good, good for Illinois. We ran into someone at the tailgate, uh, uh, your tailgate, before, who was a Minnesota guy. And he said, I, uh, and he, you know, I figured Illinois would lose. And he said, I don't know. Bielema has got, a, he got our number. And he does. He has beat Minnesota seven straight times, uh, which is kind of hilarious now. So uh, so that's good. So as I see, the Illinois still potentially both Five for eligible. six. <laughs> Gotta drive for six continues. They gotta be the Iowa. They're off next week. They gotta be Iowa in a couple of weeks. Oh, we have no game. We have no time for you to predict because we know Charleston Southern is noon. But we were we we were discussing this at the tailgate. You got another week to potentially side on this. But Georgia Tech sure looking like a noon game too, right? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to it's gonna be hard to see that game not being so. Uh, just to, since I won't be on the the podcast next uh, after. Yeah. Charleston Southern on um, the, the ACC. We're going to be in the ACC inventory because it's a home game. We'll be Wake Forest at Boston College, Miami at Duke, uh, Georgia at Georgia Tech, Kentucky at Louisville, Pitt at Syracuse, Virginia Tech at Virginia. Um, it's just really hard to look at that and not see ACC putting us on the ACC network or ESPN2 at noon. Um, it, the only way, you know, the only way it's a night game, and I mean, the only way it's a night game if ACC network is like, okay, We'll take the hit with our team getting blown out, but we're gonna we're gonna put an ACC game, you know, with the number one team on our network at uh, at at seven thirty, just so we get the get the eyeballs. So, 
All right. Well, we'll, we'll find out. No, so, and I apologize everyone for missing the show last week. I was uh, at a very endlessly long uh, little league game and my son, uh, I got a little tendonitis in his arm uh, after pitching so much against the kids three years older than him and, and twice his size this year. So very proud of him. Uh, but I apologize. That made me miss the show last week, but uh, we should be back this week. We're about to lose Tony for a couple of weeks. Cause he's about to get on a boat. He's on a boat. Yeah. He's going fast. Yeah. Yeah, um, in my swim trunks. and uh but yeah you will be uh uh so we'll, we're gonna miss you for uh for a week or so afterwards so we gotta make sure to get our pregame show for uh for tennessee in next this week so so uh, so we should be taping that we have not confirmed with scott yet but i believe we're taping that monday afternoon uh so uh so we should be set there but uh uh, it makes me actually a little sad that like, this is the last, like, I, I, I knew you weren't going to be at Charleston Southern, but I kind of forgot. And so now uh, this is my last uh, 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 Athens tailgate experience with you until 2022. That's a bit of a bummer. Yeah, but hopefully we'll, uh, we'll be able to connect up at the STC championship game. Why bother with the, why bother with the SEC championship game? We'll just go into the natty, right? Yeah. Uh, hey, I am all for going to that game and watching a win. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's yeah. just Atlanta, guys. Yeah, it's, just a, over. it's like the most fun thing in the world. I love the SEC championship game. Um, right. All right. I've, I've had my hotel for 10 months. Um, um, all right, uh, Tony, we will uh, we should be talking on Monday uh, with Scott, but uh, uh, great game, great week. And uh, very just I have to say, I was surprised surprised kind of how emotionally uh attached i uh, I, I i was and how emotional i got during the rick stuff i really uh it reminded me of a very nice time and uh, and now scott has just confirmed over text that 4 30 is in fact working on monday so we will be taping 4 30 on monday uh, and uh, we won't know that the, the college football rankings by then i'm gonna bet georgia is one I'll be surprised. Although they re-rank every week. You never know. Yeah, it's just true. Sorry for Mel Tucker, by the way. He looks like he got booted from the uh, from the rankings. Would have been nice to see Mel Tucker in there. Yeah. Um, um, all right. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be taking Monday afternoon. Uh, but otherwise, uh, have a great week. And uh, hey, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. And we'll be back publishing on Tuesday with our Georgia versus Tennessee preview show. So we'll see you in a couple weeks for the Charleston Southern. Yeah, it's already here. The end of the season is almost here. Kind of makes me sad, but we'll see you on campus in a couple weeks. And as always, go dogs.